is going down. So I was able to quit the job and find a job that was more flexible, that paid me 10 racks more, that supported my, me going to school, that was like better. Um, so now if I don't like a boss or I don't, you know what I mean, I don't like a scenario, I can switch up, I can pivot. Welcome to the Todd Capital Millionaire Podcast. At Todd Capital, we believe business and investing are team sports. And this podcast is for those who want to turn their capital into generational legacy. It's what y'all been waiting for, ain't it? Yo, it's the Options Trading Workshop. Presented by Todd Capital. Learn the fundamentals and advanced trading strategies that allow us the chance to earn $20,000 in side money in one year while working a job and running multiple businesses. That's right. Learn the what, the where, and the how of Options Trading in this exclusive webinar. To find out more details, hit us up on the link in the bio, on Instagram at Partner with Millie, or on Instagram at Todd.Capital, or just head over to gumroad.com forward slash Todd Capital. This episode of the Todd Capital Millionaire Podcast is sponsored by Hood Estates. Hood Estates is offering a Hood Estates Elite Real Estate Investing Program, as well as a Hood Estates Trucking Program. All the details can be found in the show notes. You can also find them on Instagram at Hood Estates. And here's your host, Mr. Todd Millionaire himself, Charles Oglesby. This is the Todd Capital Millionaire Podcast, episode 141. Yeah, 141. My name is Charles Oglesby, also the Todd Millionaire founder and director of the Todd Capital Investment Club. Here with the brother Mark Jones, also known as Live Rent Free. Thank you guys all for tuning in. The purpose of this podcast is to, to share the stories of successful African-American business owners and investors so that people can hear the stories of successful examples they exist and learn that business and investing are the two keys to financial success and generational wealth. One of the reasons why I even created this show, this show was to kick excuses in the face. Everybody always comes out and they're like, we can't do it because of this, sir. It's too hard. And this brother's story is an example of showing that you can actually start where you are. A lot of people think that you can't invest in California. I was one of those people. But this brother did it, and so I'm inspired by his story to see how he did it. And hopefully you guys take a lot of value from this. So welcome to the show, man. Thank you for the welcome. I appreciate you, man. I appreciate you. So the first question is always, tell us what life was like growing up. Uh, life, life, was, uh, life was great growing up, man. I'm born and raised in Los Angeles. Um, I'm born and raised near Pico and Fairfax in a neighborhood called Fair, Faircrest Heights. It was a majority black neighborhood. Um, so it was dope. I lived near some of my teachers during elementary school. Um, it's near like little Ethiopia. It's near like the Grove. It's like a nice area, but, um, growing up, n neither one of my parents, um, graduated from high school. My mom got her GED and my dad, he sold, uh, just speaking of like not making excuses, my dad sold cocaine. He was a, he was a drug dealer. He's currently in prison right now. Uh, he was serving like 30 years, uh, but then they reduced his sentence to like 20 years. So he just went in like, when I bought my first property, this is this is crazy, but like when I bought my first property, I was doing a final walkthrough. It was in September of 2015. And I hadn't seen my dad in a while uh, because he, he had been on the run because um, the US Marshals had like started getting information about his whereabouts and his, his, uh, his true name, not his alias. Um, and they were just on his tail. And so he, he ceased contact and communication with me because they were like tapping phones, stuff like that, visiting me at my jobs. So I was closing on the deal, I'm doing the final walkthrough and I get a call 
from one of my cousins and they're like, oh, it's about your dad. And I'm like, shit, is he, is he dead? As long as he's not dead, then like, it can't be, it can't be worse than that. Right. So I'm like, is he dead? They're like, no, nah, he's not dead, but he's, he, you know, they, they arrested him, blah, blah. So long story short is that was like me investing in real estate and, um, dealing with the hardships, right. Of coming up. But there's like a silver lining in it because my pops was very intelligent. He trafficked like millions of dollars of, of cocaine. And that's why he, he had to do um, 30 years, like hard time, like cause he was trafficking a lot of money's worth of cocaine. But he used to teach me about real estate. He used to teach me about entrepreneurship. He used to own buildings in L.A. in a place called um, the Dons. Well, natives call it the Dons, but other people call it uh, Baldwin Hills, Black Beverly Hills, all that. But uh, he used to own a house up there. He used to own houses like in different parts of L.A. Um, and he told me that he was an entrepreneur. I didn't know he was a drug dealer growing up. I didn't know that until I was like uh, like 18, 17 or 18. So um, life was a mixture of like him giving me rich dad, poor dad book, books and, um, you know, entrepreneurship. And then like struggling when he wasn't around because he was a drug dealer. So it was a, it was a, it was a great growing up, but it was like a come from an interesting background. That is interesting. So a lot of people, they kind of start off and they do different entrepreneurship or kind of business ventures when they're younger. Did you have any experience doing things like that? Yeah, it's in, it's in my blood, man. So uh, some of the things I did, like first starting off was um, uh, flipping candy. So I would like sell candy at uh, you and the vending machines, man. So uh, I used to sell candy and um, I used to buy it from Smart and Final for cheap. And then I would sell it, you know, for more, yep. keep my profit. I, w- I would always like count it. And how I would get my money, I would um, get money for my birthday. And for me, it was always like, it just made sense to like take your money, invest it, get money back. So um, my dad, my dad saw I was like inclined to doing that. So um, he get actually you giving me flashback asking asking me these questions because I forgot about this. But he get I remember he brought a pamphlet home and he was like, if you keep saving up money from the candies from selling the candy, you could get a, a a a gumball machine. You can get a candy machine or you can get a vending machine, so you don't have to be there. You could just make money you know, while you're at home, while you're at school, you don't have to work. And he showed me it was like $300. And he even told me that he would give me a loan to buy it, but I'll have to pay it back. Mm-hmm. So uh, so my dad was like planting the seeds of entrepreneurship from like from way back. And then we did like a little lemonade stand. He, he loaned us the money and then we had to pay him back. Um, and the police came and, and, um, and bought some stuff. Back then, uh, you're looking like, what? Back then, the police were more like, it was different and it was chill. So they just pulled up bought something from us and you know kept it moving um and so it, it was a it was a good experience man but yeah that's my that's my early entrepreneurial spirit man and and he also gave me the uh what is it rich dad poor dad for teens i think or for kids or something like that yeah he gave me that book too so i gotta, I gotta get a copy so, of that for mine. man for the youth <laughs> <laughs> the sun coming man <laughs> yeah, so get in there. you also have a strong educational background can you talk to us about that as well yeah, so I mean, like, like my my so I'm at I'm at UCLA now, uh, getting my MBA part time uh, at Anderson School of Business. Um, like I said, my parents didn't graduate from my school from school, but my father was really uh, intelligent and he taught us how to read at like three three years old. Me and my siblings, and he used to um, use the drug money or you know his money, and, and we went to private school a couple of years in LA. Marcus Garvey um, private school is over on Slauson near where Nipsey Hustle store is. Um, but um, actually not that close. It's lost in the Western, it's further further east. 
But um, I went to Howard University for undergrad and got that experience. I didn't know that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We didn't have enough time to talk at, at the mixer, man. But but yeah, so um, went to Howard University. That was incredible. And seeing people from all over the world, Black people from all over the world, um, hustling. Um, and I just think that it's important for us to, like, get the traditional education and, like, take that and apply it to our hoods and to our our life and, and, and work corporate. But... Uh, work with corporate, you know what I mean, and do deals with corporate and not be like a slave to them, but at the same time, have that education. So it's important. 100%. 100%. So real estate, when did you get interested in real estate and how did you make that happen? Um, I got interested, uh, I made it happen in 2015, 2014, 2015. But I got interested when my dad, my pops, like I told you, my pops would say stuff like, um, real estate is dope because you could um, you could just have a gardener, you could have property management, and it could just run itself. And I remember these conversations when I was like 12 years old. I'm like, why is he telling me this stuff? But it made sense to me. I'm like, yeah, this makes sense. But I'm the firstborn. I'm his firstborn son, and so he was probably just like giving me game, like you're gonna give your son son the game. But he, the- he used to just yeah, all the game, <laughs> all the game. So he was just telling me, and I'm just like, what? But there, something that blew my mind. I, I think we had this conversation was from 2000. I bought, we bought our house in that neighborhood, I told you, in 1997, I was seven years old. And then in 2007, um, I was 17, but that was a 10-year run. We bought it for like 190000 and it went up to over a million. And mm-hmm. that blew my mind. So I'm like, wait a minute. All we did was like paint. We like, I used to cut the grass and stuff because, you know, we own the house and stuff. So I was like, what the hell? My dad's like, yeah, that's like, that's real estate. That's equity appreciation. My mom would tell me about it. So I knew like. I had to do it. And when I started working, when the market was climbing, my coworkers would be like, oh, my house has 150,000 equity. Or this one would be like, it's 200,000 equity because I'm in LA, I'm in California. I'm like, what the hell? I need to get into uh, no, get into real estate. So I talked to my pops and I learned about the FHA program. Um, I learned about getting um, duplexes, triplexes, um, four units. And one of my coworkers told me that if I'm single, I should get a multi-unit, live in one, and rent it out. She was an older, um, older doctor from Myanmar. I'm a dietitian, but she became a dietitian when she moved out here. So we were working together. Um, and she was just telling me, like, yo, you're young. You don't have any children. You should get a multi-unit. My nephew did that. And then he sold it, cashed out, and you live, live for free. So I'm like, all right, dope. But I couldn't find any duplexes or triplexes in my, my neighborhood in the city that I was living in at the time. Um, Palmdale, Lancaster area. So I made it work. Like you said, I was going to give up on a dream, but I said, no, forget that. I learned about renting by the room. And so I found a single family home. I started researching it. Um, There's a lot of engineers up near, um, there's a, there's an air force base up near Lancaster, Palmdale area. So I rented to like young white dudes and black dudes who were engineers, Asian dudes and um, live rent free, man. And just, and just stacked it up that way. That's so dope. It's dope because you you just found a way. Um, Got to do it. <laughs> people find excuses. You find a way. Also, the reason why you're so, I guess, enthusiastic about real estate is also kind of similar to why I'm enthusiastic about real estate. Like I've seen my parents buy a house for uh, whatever they paid for it and they sold it and they made like 70 grand, 80 grand. Right. I saw them buy another house and buy that one for like 150, sell it for like 400. And you're just like, it's different when you see it in person. A lot of people, it's, it's tough because the communication and the conversation on the internet is always like, a house isn't an asset. Mm. And I feel like that could kind of be misleading. 
So when I say that a house isn't an asset, what does that mean to you? Like, what is your your stance on that whole statement? money to pay off debt and increase your income? I'm Terry Egioma from Invest with Terry, and I teach an online course on how to invest in the stock market for daily or weekly returns. My seven-step strategy saves you time and erases the guesswork from trading. With these seven steps, I've earned over 16000 in a day without having a large account. Start big or small. These proven steps will increase your profits and decrease your losses. To learn more, visit itradeandtravel.com. Uh, you mean like the... Uh... Like if you were to say that it's not an asset or what do you mean? Well, I, I think it's an asset. <laughs> it's 100%, it's 100% an asset. I agree. But I feel like the conversation is so like kind of high level when it should be more granular because uh, a house, I mean, on one hand, they're saying a house isn't an asset, but it's also going to appreciate in value if all you do is live there. But then also you were able to kind of leverage it. So it's an asset immediately by renting out the room. So mm-hmm. it's paying, but mm-hmm. it's paying you immediately and it's also going to pay you in the long term. So you're mm-hmm. getting equity as well as getting cash flow. Mm-hmm. So the the mindset is kind of warped and it's misguided. Yeah, I don't like when people say that it's irresponsible because um, I think it's like they're trying to shake people up and get them into like buying rental properties and thinking differently. So I get why they say, oh, it's not an asset. But just to say that blanket statement, it's not true because if you get tax, you get tax, you can write off the interest rate, right? You can get, um, you know, tax deductions because of the uh, taxes that you pay on it, right? So uh, it's a lot of benefits to it. If you just define an asset as something that pays you, then maybe you could say in the short term it's not cash flowing, but you have to live somewhere anyway, as you say. Um, but I prefer to get a little bit of cash flow. Um, so out here in Cali, we have the casitas, which is like the the in-law suite, the little back house. You can rent that out, the ADU and get a little cash flow. Um, so people are, it's nonsense because we need more black home ownership, period. Even if they're just living in it. A lot of wealth and white wealth and general wealth, Asian wealth, whatever, it comes from the appreciation in the household and in the, in the, in the home. You can loan against that, start a business. So it's bullshit. Excuse my language. I don't know if I can curse on here. It's BS. <laughs> it's BS to be, t- to be skewing that information. And then stopping there. They should give a holistic view of it and then break it down on a granular level, like you said. Yeah, it's true. And we don't talk about the taxes that much, but let's just hypothetically say that we are talking about the taxes. When you look Mm -hmm. at taxes that you pay on a property, for the first 15 years, most of what you're paying is interest. Mm -hmm. Um, And so then that interest is immediately deductible from your actual, uh, your gross income. Mm -hmm. And so now you're actually getting a tax write off for paying for a house. You don't get that same tax write-off if you're renting. It's just a wash. So now you're basically living tax-free and living rent-free because most people, (laughs) that's not, they just, I don't know. It's like a double bonus for you. Right, right, right. People people gotta learn. I was, I pulled up, um, I was looking at my bookshelf and I had this thick IRS code. And I was like, most folks, they don't even read the book. They don't read the IRS code. They just right. keep their head under the sand. They're like, I'm going to just stay broke because I don't want to deal with tax problems. And Bro, go ahead. Go ahead. It's like, it's like I'd rather get the money and then read the book. Like, just, Yo, straight up. I saw you on Twitter talking about that because it's like, it, would you rather, like, it's so silly to worry about higher taxes. If you can make 150000 right now you're making 45000 or 50000 You make 150000 but being a higher tax bracket. And after taxes, say you don't even learn about tax deductions, tax shelters from real estate, and you just taxed 
at maybe, you know, 30, let's just say you lose 55,000, right? Now you're at 95. You were at 55 before and you were still getting taxed. So now you're at 95, or even if they bring you all the way down to 75, so you're getting taxed 45%, which is crazy. But let's say you do, you're still way better off than when you, what you were. I like how you say, like, don't play small. I can't play small. I had to study hard to get into UCLA, but I didn't want to play small. I wanted to buy in LA. It took me like two years to come up with a plan and a fight to be able to own in LA. But in my mindset, my property's gone up like 50 racks in value since I bought it. It hasn't even been a year because the appreciation in LA is going to be crazy. So we shouldn't play small, man. We should play big, like you said. So single family house, you rented by the room. What do the numbers look like on that deal? Like purchase price on I'll try and it's been years, so much um, I can remember most of them, but let me let me try and remember. I think it was I know for sure the purchase price is 170. Uh down payment is 3.5% interest, 3.5% of that, which is like six racks, 6.5, something like that. <clears throat> I had the seller pay for the closing costs, which is another six point five or six thousand. The mortgage, I think, was like around 1070 or like 1100, I think, I can't remember exactly. And then I had one roommate paying um, 600 plus like utilities, um, like their portion of utilities. And then another one paying 500 plus their portion of utilities. So it was like just breaking even and maybe giving me like 75 bucks um, a month, uh, like in cash flow. But my main thing was just getting rent free because I had a job, like I had to stay with the job as a dietitian. Um, I was like, if I could re- eliminate my my um, housing expense, that's a form of financial freedom. Mm-hmm. So in hearing your story, I really feel like this is true. I feel like getting to UCLA is not easy, mm-hmm. but getting into UCLA when you live rent free makes it a little bit easier. <laughs> Tell me what you mean. <laughs> so like when you don't have to worry about money, you can focus on what matters. But right, it's tough to right, focus right. on what matters when you're like stressed out about paying bills and you got to go to work here and you got to work overtime here. Or you got to work weekends right. here and real estate made that possible for you. And right. so everybody's out here like, I don't got to buy a home. I can just rent. Like you can also live stressed out. You can also limit where you right. can really go in life because now you can't be hitting these top level uh, opportunities. The kids that are going to UCLA, USC, they have parents who take care of it for them. Mm-hmm. So the parents are like, hey, don't work. You just study. Don't just do focus. this. Just focus on getting where the goal is. And right. what happens when you get done with UCLA, you write your own ticket. Right. Versus you go. when you struggle and you go to wherever school, like, or you don't go to school at all, like, mm-hmm. life just is, it's a struggle. And so for me, I've always seen real estate not just as like, is it paying me cash flow right now? But mm-hmm. it's just like, it improves you as an overall person. You become more right, responsible. Man. You become more more wise. You start looking a lot deeper into things. You're not just like living for the moment at that point in time. Mm-hmm. So it's like owning real estate isn't just about like the here and the now. Mm-hmm. It's about just making you a better person altogether. Like if you look at statistics, like people who own homes tend to like get married and stay married. They tend to have kids who don't mm-hmm. go to jail. They tend to have mm-hmm. kids who go to college. They have t- kids mm-hmm. who don't have kids in wedlock. Like mm-hmm. it all kind of it like it goes across the board, so it's not just about cash flow. <laughs> right, cash flow is a Not just about that. <laughs> but I, I love I love your mindset, man, because you think of a, on a community level, a holistic level, a family level. I will say this, just because of the no excuses thing, and I want people to know this. 
that I got into UCLA the same week that I closed escrow on the property. So I wasn't living rent free when I was, I was planning how to live rent free and studying for UCLA at the same time and writing my essays and everything. I was finishing my essay when Nipsey died. I got news that Nipsey died. I was like writing my essay, I started crying, but I was like, I gotta finish it because you know, it's a marathon, we gotta finish it. But what you're saying is true in terms of, now I had a, I had a job that I was getting stressful that I didn't like and I was living rent free so I was able to quit the job and find a job that was more flexible, that paid me 10 racks more, that supported my, me going to school, that was like better. Um, so now if I don't like a boss or I don't, you know what I mean, I don't like a scenario, I can switch up, I could pivot and I don't, and I walk different. Hey ladies, this is your co-host, Roshana Scott. And are you looking for a community of women real estate investors? If so, I wanna take a quick second to share with you Infinity Membership. Sorry, fellas, but Infinity Membership is a women's only online community for newbie and experienced investors. Come let your hair down and join a non-judgment zone sisterhood where all of your questions about investing in real estate get answered. This is also an opportunity to learn from the best of the best. Other seasoned and successful women in the industry share their success tips often. Our live group sessions are twice a month and we support each other daily within our private Facebook group. Our sessions range from driving for dollars to working with contractors to out-of-state investing, raising private capital, marketing your deals, and so much more. Does this sound like something that you've been looking for? Well, we would love to have you. For more information, visit us at bit.ly forward slash infinity membership. Again, that's B-I-T dot L-Y forward slash infinity membership. You talk different. You're responsible. You you handle issues. You're a leader when you own. So you're right, man. It's different. What's dope about that also is when you're living rent free, you're not living paycheck to paycheck more than likely, which yeah. means you're stashing. So every month you're Big just time. putting away. It might not be everything you make, but it might be a lot of what you make. So right. when you do make that move, when that boss talks to you crazy, yeah, you don't have any expenses, but you also got a lot of money stashed. Right. So that right. looks a lot different as well. 100%. I think that you are the man. So <laughs> you're, the, you're, the, you're the goat, man. You, you, you're the hero. <laughs> so you, you own the single family house. And then where do you go from there? So then I started racking my brain because I'm like, all right, um, I'm living up in the, in this in this high desert in the suburbs, but I'm in LA. I'm from LA. I'm a Santa Monica beach kid. I'm a you know what I mean I'm a Hollywood kid, downtown LA kid. I want to be in the city. I want to be in the, one of the best cities in the world. But I don't want to rent because you think different when you become an owner now, right? You like man, I, I deserve to own. I'm a, I'm a boss, like you know what I mean. So I started racking my brain, like running the numbers, trying to figure out how to do it. But it was a cold feat. It's different from. Like you said, investing in California, it's like everybody says it's impossible. So I thought I couldn't get a four unit or multi-unit in LA until I met a young lady who I was on the phone talking to a mortgage broker, the assistant of a mortgage broker. And I was like, hey, I'm trying to buy two more properties. I took out a HELOC on my single family home, which is a home equity line of credit. And I was thinking about buying a couple more uh, houses and then single families and then renting them out by the room because I had that experience. So I was telling her, I was like, hey, I'm looking in these areas and they're kind of cheap and I have this much money from the HELOC. My real dream was to own in LA, have a four unit, but that's impossible. So she's like, well, I mean, I can help you with your goal, but I also want to tell you it's not impossible. I own two four units in LA. And I'm like, what the? F 
I said, you sound, I don't mean to be rude or anything, but you sound really young. You sound my age. Like, how you on two four units? Like, how old are you? She's like, I'm 28 years old. I'm like, yo. So my mind, the possibilities, it just opened all the way up. So I looked, I'm like, even if it takes me two years to get to be able to get a four unit or a multi-unit in LA, it's going to be worth it versus buying these smaller deals and these small multi-units. So, I mean, these small single families. So I set the goal and I ended up selling the property because the numbers made more sense to sell the first one and get cash out and then buy through the NACA program. So I um, also discovered the NACA program. So that, that opened the avenue. Because when your mind, anything that the mind can conceive and believe it can achieve. So once I saw her doing it, my mind said, we're going to figure out ways of doing it. What I thought was impossible, it gave me ways of investing in other avenues, but not the four-unit, multi-unit. So I figured out about NACA. They do down payment assistance. They close, they cover the down payment. They cover the closing costs. Um, they'll give you extra money to uh, renovate and rehab the property. Um, they do a lot, man. So I went with them. Um, I used some of the money from the deal. I think probably like 20, almost 30 racks, like 28 racks uh, from the first deal um, to buy down the interest rate, pay for my taxes and interest. Um, and I got the, I got the multi-unit, man. So it's, it's, it's been incredible, man. So you sold the house in Lancaster? Yeah, cashed out. Okay. And so you yeah, took so. equity from that and did you use that towards the new property or you just held on to it? I held on to half of it and the other half uh, I used to buy down the interest rate. Right, 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 right. Yeah. Not only buy down interest rate, because when you buy with NACA, you have to pay for the taxes on the property. You have to pay for the interest on the property. So there's like taxes and interest um, like on the sale. And then the interest is like for the year, a year's worth of interest that you have to like pay on the loan in advance. Um, mm-hmm. so they charge you that it comes up to like, I don't know, half a percent or percentage of the, of the loan or something like that. I don't know the exact numbers, but I also wanted to live rent free. So that's why I bought down the interest rate and I negotiated, uh, with the seller to buy down the interest rate. He was trying to give me like money and he was trying to like pay for repairs and stuff. I was like, no, just give me money for the interest. Like, why are you so obsessed with the interest rate? But I wanted to, I wanted to live, I wanted to reduce my expenses because you never, it, it creates more options. And you never know what will happen in life when you need your expenses to be low, like the COVID, like this coronavirus stuff. Luckily, my job is cool because I'm in healthcare, but you never know what scenario you can find yourself in. So I wanted to get my expenses that's really low. That's such a bar. You never know what it is. It, that's so dope because most people do it the opposite. They, they live as though it's always going to be good times as opposed to living as though it could potentially be bad times. And so then you win if it's good, but you also win if it's bad. That's dope. I like it. Um, man, so I had a question and I forgot what that yeah. question. Oh, so can you talk to us about the numbers on that deal? Yeah. Like purchase price, rehab, all that stuff? Yeah, so I'm gonna run through them in my head. Uh the purchase price was six forty and it's Inglewood it's Inglewood adjacent. I always say don't come and find me because I'll find you before you before you find me. So uh, <laughs> I don't give like my exact location and stuff, but I'm, I'm like, like really close to Inglewood, really close to the stadium. 640, um, all in, I was like 28 racks in. Um, the, uh, what else are the numbers? Oh, rehab. So I did a rehab and renovation of like 60 racks because it's a, it's a duplex in the front and then a single family in the back. And a single family was built in the 20s. A lot of the um, houses like, 
built outside of downtown LA. They're like the first houses were built in the twenties. So the first house is a single family, three bedroom uh, house in the back. And that's like from the twenties. And the last landlord didn't do a lot of maintenance and didn't do a lot of like rehabs and fixing the foundation. It replaced the roof though. They did a good job with the roof, but certain things that they didn't take care of NACA requires you to, to fix, but they'll allow you to get a loan for it. So I got a loan for like 60 racks um, which included, I think, like 6,000 of just renovations, not rehab. Um, so I was able to get like a new kitchen, new bathroom. Like right now, um, you can see the, this was all like 70s and 60s wood paneling. And it was like wow. greasy, just ugly, but I like painted it white, painted all the doors. Um, you can't see the countertops and stuff, but like new countertops, uh, stainless stone appliances, stuff like that. Uh, so in total, the loan, was like seven seventy or seven hundred thousand because it's six hundred thousand on top of the six forty, and then the interest rate we got it down to two percent. Wow! So yeah, so two percent, um, super low. Um, That's crazy. Some people would get it even lower, but I was like, let me just get it as low as possible, um, and then that made the mortgage payment about like we'll just say three racks, like around three racks, um, and the tenants pay more or less like. 1500 each, which is the three racks. So um, there's still like cash reserves. I still have other expenses. Like uh, I think, who said that? Jay-Z, uh, Ho said, you don't know my expenses. And you, you said that in one of your stories. <laughs> so I got expenses. You know, I, mean? I still got expenses. You got to pay for the gardener. You gotta pay for but I'd rather be a boss. Like you said, those are boss problems. Like I don't mind having a cash reserve of 300 or 500 a month every month or whatever it is, or a thousand. I don't mind paying my gardener. He does a good job. Uh, we have like a lemon tree. Uh, orange tree a grapefruit tree uh in the back so he takes care of those like i don't mind paying the water i don't mind paying the sewage like i'm a black man where i'm a boss like you know what i mean like as you teach man so i don't mind doing all that that's dope Hi, how are you? I am Andre C. Hatchett, 15-year mobile notary pioneer and veteran. We have created the Notary Business School, which will show you how to start a successful, long-term, needed business as a mobile notary public. Well, with 15 years of experience and with different downturns in the economy, we have labeled this business as being recession-proof, meaning that you can run this business in any climate, any city, any state in America. On average, our students make between 60 and 200 $150 per appointment, which usually takes under an hour. I'll say that again. On average, our students usually make between $60 and $250 per appointment as a mobile notary public. If you would like to enroll and save a few dollars, go to the website, millinotarypromo.com. That is millinotarypromo.com. Look forward to seeing you in class. Have a great day. Bye-bye. Todd Consultant presents the Vending Machine Business Webinar. You can only have one job, but you can have as many vending machines as you want. This is your chance to see how we do business and how you can start your very own vending machine business. Avoid the mistakes we made and start winning. You'll be shown how we find, negotiate, buy, and manage our vending machine business, generating thousands per month, and how it has unlimited scale. To find out more details, hit us up on the link in the bio, on Instagram at Partner with Millie, or on Instagram at Todd.Capital, or just head over to gumroad.com forward slash Todd Capital. So where are you going from here? What's the goals going forward? Man, I'm trying to join Todd Capital, bro. I need to find <laughs> No, so, so to be honest, man, um, I, I just got a new gig, um, making a deep, like a pretty good salary. Uh, and so I'm trying to like stockpile as much money as possible. Um, put it away. Um, 
And I don't know if I want to buy another multi-unit, help my brother. My brother's about to become an electrical engineer. I don't know if I want to give him money for a down payment on NACA, NACA deal because you can gift like a down payment. And it's only like maybe 20, 30 racks. So if I gift him 15 or 10, then he he patch up with me. He put his own 10 up, uh, 15 up. I may do that. Thinking about doing it out of state. But right now, all my efforts is focused on living rent free. Uh, so at, I know you're going to include it in everything, but at living rent free, no G, living rent free. Um, so my brand is just teaching other people how to live rent free. And I want to come up with like digital products, so like ebooks, stuff like that. So that's my focus, man, stockpiling and, and giving the information. So what are some tips you would give to somebody who wants to live rent free? Um, it depends on their scenario, but I would say general tips are like um, reduce your expenses as much as possible um, and increase your income as much as possible and like save as much as possible. So just a, just a scenario, like say you're, you're renting and if you don't have roommates and you're a single person, and you have like a two bedroom apartment or something like that, you should apartment hack. That's something I give as a tip. It's like get roommates in an apartment and split the uh, the rent and the utilities. So now you have an extra $500, um, extra 800, you have an extra whatever every month that you can start paying down debt. You can start saving. Um, you can start getting ready for that down payment. Um, and I would say go to a NACA workshop, go to a bank credit union and talk to them about FHA start looking at multi-units in your, in your area, um, et cetera. So that's what I would say. But cut the expenses. You got to slash the expenses. Definitely. Man, so I feel like we've, we've talked about everything. I'm going to wrap it up. I'm going to ask you the last few quick questions. That okay. first question is, who is somebody that you look up to and why? Oh, wow. Um, it could be anybody. Yeah. I would say my pops, man, uh, because uh, – he has his flaws, you know, he had his flaws, but I think what life is about is like taking the cars that you dealt um, and making the best of them uh, and, to, and doing the best of what you know. And that's what, I, that's what I've done. Um, and I think that's what everybody should do. You know what I mean? Yeah. Start with where you are and uh, improve as you learn more. So that's what are I Are you say. still, are you still able to keep in contact with him? Yeah, yeah. So I can communicate with him, although he's, uh, he's actually in California. So he's not far from Lancaster. I'm able to communicate with him yet. Dope, dope. What is your favorite business or real estate book? Um, it's going to be, I always give this out. I've only been on two podcasts, but I'm, I want to give it out. Uh, Black Folks Guide to Making Big Money in America by George Trower Subira. It's an mm. old book from the late 70s. It was first published in 79 and then a couple of other editions in 80, 81, 82. Bro, that book, all the stuff you tweeting on, he was he was demonstrating back then in the 70s and the 80s, bro. And it's such a, like, not known book. It's like Rich Dad, Poor Dad, but for Black people, plus real estate, <laughs> plus business, like, way back. So oh that's my. my favorite book, man. Yeah. Oh, my book. I already looked it up. I found it. That's dope. <laughs> that's my favorite book, man. Hey everybody, it's your girl Erica Williams from the Classy Climb blog. I'm a six-figure YouTube earner and the author of the book Smartphone Millionaire, how to lend to people, real estate, and businesses from the palm of your hand. And if you're interested in the three things that changed my life over the past four years to become a six-figure YouTube earner and investor in multiple properties in multiple states, I would love for you to join me over at the Classy Climb YouTube channel. This episode is brought to you by 24-7 Watches. 
Shop our limited edition luxury watches at 247watches.com. That's T-W-E-N-T-Y 47watches.com. Use code Todd Capital at checkout for special discount. And don't forget to follow us on Instagram at 247watches. That's at T-W-E-N-T-Y 47watches. What sets apart successful real estate investors or people who live rent-free from those who give up, fail, or never get started? Damn. I think uh, a powerful enough why. Um, a powerful enough why. I, I just, to, just to tell a super brief story, last year on my birthday, I was in escrow on a beautiful triplex in Jefferson Park, um, Arlington Heights area. It's where, my, it's where my father grew up, where my grandmother still lives. Uh, where I used to go to Thanksgiving, Christmas, and stuff like that. Um, and it fell out of escrow on my birthday. And I'm a real enthusiastic, positive, ambitious person, but I was crying and I was like about to give up. And I was like, I can just get an apartment, man. Fuck this. This is crazy. It's stressful. Like, and it was, it was a multiple, I had fell out of escrow multiple times, but that one, I was like, it was like my heart. And um, I was crying and my brothers were like looking at me and they were encouraging me to keep going. And my wife was like my family legacy, my, my, my family pushing me. Um, and that next weekend I, I got up, got out the bed, instead of crying and being depressed. And I looked in the neighborhood that I live in now and I found and I found a deal and I was in escrow within like five days. So and I closed on a deal. So if you have a strong enough why, you can push through anyhow. What is your best real estate investing advice? Hmm. I would say take advantage of low down payment owner occupied residential loans, because in America we have that in Canada. They don't have it like we have it in a lot of other countries. They don't have the opportunity. And it's the best way to get in real estate. It's the easiest way to get in real estate. That's good advice. Man, I think I asked you everything. <laughs> Sounds good. <laughs> I, asked, I asked you what sets apart successful investors. Yeah, I did. Yep, yep, yep. That was a good episode. Um, where can people find out more about you? Where can they follow you? Where can they support what you have going on? Okay, so the best way is finding me on Instagram. It's at livingrentfree, L-I-V-I-N, rent free. So no G included, just living rent free. Um, and message me there, follow me there. Uh, and then you'll see my Twitter. You'll see all my other contacts. Man, I'm looking at this book right now and the reviews are outstanding. Somebody said it's the best book they've ever read in the last eight months. <laughs> Bro, like that, I, I have like five copies. That's one of the best. I'm telling you, you asked me the best book. It's the best book, yeah. like, hands down. Best I gotta book. see if I, can, I need to get it online. So yeah, go to um go to biblio.com or uh, amazon.com. You should be able to find it. Biblio. I never heard of that. B I B L I O dot com. It's like a it could it's an online platform where used bookstores can can post their books in their libraries. So you'll find low-key dope. books that you can't find other places. Dope, dope. Cool, man. So I appreciate you for coming on the show. I think a lot of people are gonna get a lot of value out of this one. Um so yeah, I'll see you around uh, these meetups. Thank you, man. I appreciate you. We got to get to a game. I got season tickets to the Chargers, so let me right down the street from you. Man, so, we got to do it, man. Who's your, who's your team? It's going to have to be the Chargers, bro. It's not oh. the Chargers. <laughs> I support that. No, I, honestly, growing up, my dad used to take us to the Staples Center and play. Like, he never took us to the football game, so I, I'm a basketball okay. guy. But, um, but I see you with the Clippers, man, Lakers, you know what I mean? But yeah. I'm going to have to adopt the Chargers, man. All right, man. I was Chargers. Cool. All right. This is episode 141. Charles Oglesby catches in the show notes. Uh, check out everything we have going on. Also, make sure you follow Live Rent Free, Living 
living rent free, no G, doing some great stuff, inspiring the people. My name is Charles Ogilvy signing off. Peace. <laughs>